Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. All right, so if you are running a small business and uh, you found that, um, you know, this lockdown has been really difficult on you and the impact of COVID-19 has really put you in the back foot, the Incubation Hub is going to try and help us with all of that today. Douglas Kruger is a business author and speaker and author of Virus Proof Your Small Business. Douglas joins us now on the line. Douglas, thank you so much for making the time this afternoon. Good afternoon. Great pleasure to be with you. It's incredibly hot in Joburg, but uh, we will do what we can to keep the <laughs> keep the conversation going. It really is. So, Douglas, you know, it's, it's been it, it's been really difficult for many small businesses. It's it's just been tough, and um, some of them have had to literally close shop and and let go of what was and the future of what it is that they thought was going to be possible. If if those who have managed to keep their doors open are still kind of hanging on by a thread. Where do you suggest they begin to take their businesses forward after the pandemic? Well, we're not even post the pandemic yet. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's heartbreaking to see how many businesses and brands we've lost. And, uh, and this is a nation in which, you know, going into the lockdown, we had something like 25 people dependent on, on every South African taxpayer. And, and obviously the situation has just worsened. We absolutely need businesses to survive. And if you are hanging in there and if your business is, even if it is running on fumes, mm. I think the starting point is really to make the decision to fight for it. And it's a psychological call that you have to make. Mm. Um, it, it's funny just thinking about how hard it is in today. Just a few months ago, we had the last of the cold snaps. Mm. I was uh, building a little fire just to keep the, the family warm and struggling to get it going. We had some, some damp wood. Mm. And it occurred to me that's, that's very much what it's like right now for, mm. for small business owners and entrepreneurs. Mm. They're trying to get the fire going they know what to do but the the scenario is more dampening than usual and you know the result of that is that we have to apply more clever techniques than usual and also when you get a spark you've got to just keep blowing Uh, and it really is an act of faith however the good news is there are some specific creative and strategic things that you can do Mm -hmm. okay let's start there so what can you do i mean you are just barely surviving it's tough and uh, you know you've got to pay salaries maybe you've got to continue delivering a great service to your customers so what what do you do those strategies all right, step, step number one is to manage your own mind during a crisis. And this really is the sort of the psychological side of things. I recommend loading into your mind what I call a rescue program. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, you find that you start to feel stuck or despondent or, or really that you're, you're feeling a little down, you need to recognize the trigger, the, the thing that is causing you to feel that way, mm-hmm. and to make a conscious choice in advance to do something instead that you preloaded into your mind. Um, so a simple little thing. Let's say, for instance, you've been, you've been sitting around for a couple of hours staring yeah. at, a, at a wall, mm. and you catch yourself doing that. You realize really that the bottom is falling out here. Mm. Make sure that you have a preloaded program, which is as simple as when you catch yourself doing that, get up and make a cup of coffee or get up and take a walk around the block or or get up and take a shower. Mm. It's just something that you load into your mind as a a little preloaded program that when this happens, I'm going to break the rhythm in the following way. The next one is, and uh, and this is exceptionally difficult these days, trying to keep your intake of of social media and news to a useful minimum. I mean, we we have to know what's happening in the world around us and, you know, your business may be dependent on on changes in in the scenario, 
But there's much research to indicate that, especially social media, will actually make you more depressed than happy over time. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, there's a a wonderful new documentary on that called The Social Dilemma Mm. that actually points out how your your brain becomes addicted to this stuff. Mm. So it's not causing you joy, but you do continue to crave it. Mm. And that can be a downward cycle. So you've got to watch out for that one. So, so Douglas... Um, Next thing you can do is... hmm? I was going to just come back, coming back to the first point, right? If it's something that you cannot avoid to do, but, but you really are stuck. So if it means that you are staring at those, those books, financial books, and they, you know, they just making you more and more depressed, but you have to actually (laughs) confront it. You cannot run away from them. What's your Uh, suggestion there? Okay. All right. So if you if there are certain things that you have to do during the day, mm. and, and in fact, my, my first advice there would be to determine whether or not this is a profit-making part of your business. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things you can actually get rid of. You know, we don't. this is not business as usual, mm. and it is well worth your while to spend the time asking yourself which things don't matter right now and clearing them off your table. Don't do the steps. Don't offer the products that are not working at this point in time. Having then determined what matters and what you should work at. Now, how, how on earth do you force yourself to do that? Well, here are a couple of very useful ways to do it. There is research into the idea that 90-minute sprints are arguably our most mentally productive chunks of time. So what you do is you actually create a fairly tight schedule for yourself. Now, that may sound like a strange thing to do if you're feeling a little down. Um, but what happens is when you are depressed and lethargic, it becomes very difficult to focus and to to work in um, focused modular time periods. So what I would recommend is set yourself 90 minutes, one thing and one thing only. The research indicates that the the more distractions we allow, the less effective we are. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, you have have a, a writing project on your hands or you have a video production project or a marketing project. You dedicate 90 minutes to that. And you time it very tightly mm-hmm. so that at the end of your 19th, you get up, walk away from your desk, mm-hmm. and go do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be, for example, a gym trip, a mm-hmm. walk around the block, or a different work task. Mm-hmm. And I would strongly also recommend giving each one a location, by which I mean if you've spent your first 90 minutes sprint working in your office, mm-hmm. do the next one working in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's simple little things like that that impose urgency on a day where there might not be any urgency to be had. You actually force it on yourself. Mm-hmm. And the change in locations and the change in activities give your brain that sense that this is not an endless tedium. You're not walking across an endless desert. Gotcha. You're doing very focused things and then moving on to the next thing. Gotcha. All right. And, and there is a sense of completion, isn't it? Even if it means that it just means that you finished and completed the 90 minutes, but you get a sense of accomplishment of sorts. Exactly that. You feel like you have actually done something. Yeah. And those 90 minute chunks, especially if done without distraction, add up remarkably quickly. You, you'll find that you move toward your goal faster than you expect to. Mm. All right. Let's take those calls, Douglas. Uh, I hope you're ready. We've got lots of listeners who really are, are desperate, desperate for solutions. It's been really tough for small businesses and you may be the person to assist them with the right either, you know, mental shift or maybe how to I actually get off the ground. Help. Yeah. 0891-104-207 or you can send a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Our coach this afternoon is Douglas Kruger and it's our incubation hub on a Monday. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk.
In our incubation hub this afternoon, Douglas Kruger is assisting us with virus-proofing our small businesses. So you can start dialing in on 891 So Douglas, the question that has been on many people's lips, uh, and, and we get this a lot, you are suddenly sitting with more people than you need in your business, um, you, yes. with less work, with less business, what do you do? Okay, so I have a few ideas on this one, and um, we have seen over the last few months since the, the book on how to, to sort of approach these, uh, use these creative ideas as your approach has come out, that some work better than others. Mm. The very quick version is you have more options than you may have considered. You could, for example, cycle and redeploy rather than laying off. And um, what we want to do is to look at keeping as many people as we can employed for as long as we possibly can. Mm. There have been some amazingly inspiring examples. I mean, just at my, my son's little nursery school, there's an elderly gentleman who guards the cars outside. And the school made him off because they can't afford him. Mm. The moms got together and said, we will pay his salary. So it, it is actually quite inspiring to see how South Africans have tried to do this. So if you are struggling to keep your staff gainfully employed, um, the same applies. Think it creatively. Rather than, say, laying off half of your staff, what if you considered allowing half of them to work for a two-week period and then letting the other half work for the next two weeks? For the families that they represent and for the people who are dependent upon those salaries, a little is better than nothing. Now, you may not be able to... Um, to pay as many people as much as before, and, and that's absolutely understandable. Mm. Not only does your business need to survive, but the market around you in which you operate needs to survive. Mm. You can also be more proactive than that. For example, you might redeploy the skills that you have within your business and in some way either uh, lend them out or hire them out to work in creative alternative ways. So, for example, could your knowledge workers earn a commission doing something else completely different online? Mm -hmm. Um, Could they do that under your employ or could they do that as freelance workers? Could they offer their abilities on a global scale via some of the forums for doing that? And the ones that spring to mind are uh, there are platforms like Upwork uh, or Fiverr.com, which is spelled F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And um, finally, and, and this is just a small thing, but it can make a difference. If you work digitally, and a lot of companies have either been working digitally for a while now or have had to make that shift, Mm. could you make a tip jar available? So either physically or or digitally, those small amounts actually add up. Um, And if you've ever, for example, hired a voiceover artist or a graphic designer or someone somewhere else in the world who has done this online work for you, you'll have experienced how this works. You, You have a set amount that you can pay in order to commission the work, but once it's done, if you wish to, you can give a tip. So if you set that up on your side, you might be able to bring in just a little more for your staff. And of course, you can even do it in the old-fashioned physical sense with an actual tip jar. We've seen that the, the goodwill is there from South Africans. People know that everyone is struggling. Make it easy for those who already wish to support your business brand or idea to also support your people. And you may be pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Tandi, were you calling from Johannesburg? Good afternoon. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Douglas. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks so much for calling. Hi. No problem. Um, so, question. Obviously, you know, with the pandemic that is evidently happening, I had just started a small business, um, which was an online store, um, and I'm basically selling food and have been delivering. So, since the lockdown, obviously, we couldn't do that, and people are actually um, very reluctant to order because, obviously, of fear of whether or not the business sanitizes properly and getting food around. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask Douglas, um, what advice would you have in that sense that you 
what I could do basically just to gain trust from customers mm. and obviously make them comfortable enough to understand that, you know, our business is still running. We mm. are, you know, following um, protocol and we will do everything we can, obviously, to ensure um, safety for our customers. Excellent question. Uh, give me a quick one. Yes, that, that's, a, that's a stunningly good question. Tandy, let me ask you quickly, are you on social media as in the business? Yes, I am on social media, yes. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Okay. Have you got your radio off, Tandy? <laughs> yes, it's off. All right. I would suggest, and I'm going to hand over to Douglas now, it, it, it talks to something that we discussed with Uyanda, our social media expert, the last time. Get some pictures of you guys sanitizing. You know what I'm saying? Show and tell. A, yeah. little, bit of, a little bit of show and tell would be nice. Douglas? Yes, absolutely. So several things that you can do. The first one is, is perhaps the most obvious one, is really overemphasize that in your advertising. I mean, your, your byline might say things like, safe delivery to or hygienic delivery to and so mm. forth. Um, and you can even explain the process that will be followed. Mm. For example, for a time, I, I remember that courier services were um, approaching your, your premises, dropping something off. They, they would withdraw and you would approach and pick up the, um, the item. Mm. Now, I think it is perhaps okay. um, more important that you tell the story of how that is going to proceed than, than the steps themselves actually are. So, so it's, it's this kind of sense of assurance to the customer that you have a process in place and you make it very obvious. Now, just touching into or, or perhaps overlapping into the world of branding, there is a, um, a cognitive psychologist by the name of Dr. Steven Pinker who gives us tips and insights in terms of how, how the human brain builds trust. And he makes a very simple but very powerful point where he says small elements of style earn trust. And, and in the same vein, small mistakes can destroy trust. Mm. So let's take the example of yeah. misspelling a client's name on an invoice or having a spelling error in a social media post or anything of that nature. Those sorts of things may seem small to us as proprietors, but to the public it creates this perception that there may be something a little shoddy here. But fortunately, the reverse mm. is true. The more you show extreme professionalism, extreme attention to detail, and very good branding, the more effective the whole thing becomes. Now, I think there is, there is certainly much to be said for the suggestion of visuals in which you are sanitizing products. I would, I would just be a little cautious about one thing, and that is the danger of creating the impression of a very small mom-and-pop operation. Mm. When folks hear about your business for the first time, they do not know whether you are two people working in a garage or whether you are Microsoft working out of high-tech labs. Mm. Your branding, your visuals, and what you show to the world are your opportunity to peg their perceptions at the right level. So particularly if you are dealing with a scenario in which people are fearful of the whole thing going wrong or fearful of uh, lack of hygiene and so forth, I would be very big on pegging yourself at a very high, very professional level. Mm. Show only what you want the brand to be perceived as. Mm. If you want it to be, seen, to be perceived as very high level, very clean, very immaculate, then don't show pictures of uh, you know, people working in a garage or, or sort of very, um, very simple, very basic visuals. Keep it very corporate, very professional. I hope that helps. I mean, that's fantastic. Thank advice. you so much. Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Douglas. That was, thank you so much. Big half. Thank you so much. Thank you oh, so yes, much, uh, Tandy. We're really, really The, great the issue in a nutshell there is building trust. Yeah. And, and there is much we can say about that, but that is the core of it, is building trust and how you go about doing that. Mm. And, and, and portraying what it is that you want your customer to believe that you are. You know, you can't be uh, something different to, to what you've told them that you are. 
That, that's correct, yes. You have to deliver on the quality that your brand promises. In, in, by way of definition, Douglas, what would you let go of? Because, I mean, obviously we're talking to different types of businesses. Yes, this, this is quite a difficult question to answer because it will be so radically different in every mm. different organization. Mm. Um, a, qu- a quick way of thinking about this one. For a time, gyms simply couldn't operate. And their only options really were to try to keep the idea of exercise alive via social media posts and via programs that they recommended and so forth. And yet at the same time, we saw figures, um, one springs to my mind from the UK, uh, a gentleman who was doing bodybuilding at home videos, and he had something like 20 million views on a a video that had come out a month ago. So it's incredible where profitability can be found, even for something that we assume is location-based. But now I think the simplest way of approaching this is to know your numbers. We tend, when we get into panic mode and when we feel that things are hopeless, we do not look at our businesses logically. We view them emotionally. What you do need to do is go and find out what is costing you the most and bringing in the least. And is there anything that, to your great surprise, might actually be doing a little better than usual? Do you offer different formats? Do you offer different product lines? Where are the costs to be found? And, of course, you want to cull as many of the costs as you can and to emphasize the things that are actually working right now. All right. We'll continue this conversation in a short while. Douglas Kruger is our business coach. We are looking into virus-proofing your small business. We'll do that more of that with uh, with Douglas in a short while. Let's just go to Uti Lesaku for the latest in headlines at 2.30. Himelo Mudine on SAFM. All right, so our business coach is Douglas Kruger this afternoon. This is our incubation hub. Uh, we have this every single Monday. And uh, he's talking about virus-proofing your small business. Obviously, this is in light of what small businesses have had to contend with um, since the lockdown. And a lot of them have not recovered. It's really been a struggle. So uh, Douglas is going to try and help us through some of the difficult times that many businesses are facing at the moment. Um we were talking, Douglas, about what to let go of. You said, obviously, you know, many, many businesses have had to just reimagine their businesses and also reconsider mm. where their money will come from. Because going online yeah. as a gym, for argument's sake, doesn't necessarily bring you money, but it does keep you <laughs> top of mind. Yes. And I suspect that, that therein lies one of the greatest opportunities that we're looking at right now. And it's, it's in one sense a bit of a sad dynamic, in the other sense quite an inspiring one. Mm-hmm. You can use this time to position yourself for future success. So we are, we are looking at a, a sad scenario in which many of the, uh, the businesses, the brands with which you have been competing for some time, have simply exited the game, or if not, are on the very brink of doing so. Now the first simple strategic question is, would you like to incorporate them? Could you buy them out? Could you take over their business? Is there some um, positive or, or useful discussion to be had with your existing competitors? It's a, I found that it's an interesting dynamic at the moment in which people are actually talking to their competitors in ways that they did not used to. Mm. So instead of our perhaps older perception of it's us versus you going for the market, mm. Many of the businesses that I've, I've been interacting with are now talking to one another as allies against this common enemy of business failure. And I think it's actually wonderful that they are sharing tips and insights with one another and so forth. If you have the relationship with your competitor, 
talk to them. They may be willing to share ideas with you that could keep you going and vice versa. And it's an unusual scenario, but a good one. Um, and if they are about to exit the game, you may have the option, for example, of buying them out. Sure. Either way, I think this is a good time to, to consolidate and to look at positioning yourself for the future. Here's the, the thought process underpinning that one. Mm. Many of the needs that service our businesses have not gone away. They have, in essence, just been put on hold. And many of them are, are in a sense, sort of mounting up behind these barricades. Mm. One of the examples that springs to mind is, uh, is the world of, of um, haircuts and hairdressing and, and, and beauty salons. For a very long time, they were unable to operate. Um, and it's not that the need had gone away. It was simply that they could not operate. Um, and now that they're back in business, you know, many of them are, are flourishing. And, of course, the ones that are, are doing the best have also taken over the customer bases of the ones that didn't last. Sad but true. I quite like this, um, So the question becomes... I mean, it's, you, you really are onto something because it, what it means is that possibly if you were behind on your, I don't know, your your peel or whatever the case may be and you had six sessions that you were busy with, you are yeah. now six sessions behind and now you need to quickly catch up. <laughs> Spot on. Or, or, you know, whatever it is every, that you were every doing. Every business is premised on a human need. And when we keep our, our eyes on that, it makes the world of difference. Now, there are things that you can do if you, if you take that to heart in order to position your brand as an industry leader for when growth returns or in, in order to position yourself as an expert or a thought leader or a, a prominent personality so that when things start to slow again, you are the logical choice. You mm. are the name at the end of the sentence. You know who you should talk to about that. And there's every chance that your business can come out of this stronger than before in the absence of the competition that existed often from, from dabblers. Uh, the dabblers are exiting industries left, right, and center. The serious contenders and the ones who have built up their brand and their name tend to remain. Mm, I quite like that. So, so you know, contend with the fact that it is what it is now, but look ahead and, and maybe position yourself to be a winner in future. Yes. And the next thing you can do based on that idea is to begin to drag your customers kicking and screaming back into productivity. Mm. Um, so, for example, I mean, my, my own world, the, the world of writing books and speaking on stages and so forth, mm. um, it, it virtually disappeared. This week. We haven't had public events in the same way that we used to. Mm. However, now, given that there is some degree of relaxation in the ability to, to gather, to have conferences and so forth, mm. what's happening is we almost have this hesitant standoff where, where no one is really prepared to go first. So in an industry like my own, it becomes a case of reaching out to your existing clients, educating them about what can be done, mm. and in any way that you can, incentivizing them to begin the process once again. Hmm. I quite like that. Douglas, you've given us a lot to think about. I mean, a lasting parting shot for, for those who really are sitting there and are really battling to survive. And, and they may be quite encouraged yeah. by what you've said, but they really are battling. What would you say? I would say that the Great Depression was a lot worse than this, and people came out of it incredibly wealthy. No period of, of economic depression lasts forever, particularly not when the human needs underpinning our businesses have not disappeared. Position yourself for success now. It could change things for you in the future. Jeez. I, I mean, nobody ever talks about the fact that there are a lot of people who came out wealthy uh, uh, during the Depression. And it's true. A lot of people came out quite wealthy in the Depression. I, I tell you what, I'll give you a little sort of uh, idea that relates to your previous conversation. Mm. There is much scholarship that suggests that government intervention in the Great Depression actually severely prolonged it. 
Um, and I worry about talk, um, you know, about the sort of programs that government is running to pull us out of this. I look at that, and, and from where I'm, I'm sort of coming from, I'd say that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Just ah. let businesses get back to business. So is it a case of, Douglas, you know, quickly being resilient, quickly, you know, exercising that muscle of, of getting back into fighting your way back into business rather than being, giving it a, a big, being given a, a handout? Absolutely. And all wealth in every society, in every business, in every nation originates from a point of sale. Someone has to sell something to someone else. That is where wealth originates for every nation, and it's non-negotiable. We don't need governments to lead the way. We need them to maintain order, maintain infrastructure, and get out of the way. It's been lovely talking to you, Douglas. Let's do this again soon. Douglas Kruger is a business Absolutely author. Thank you. Afternoon. It's been really good. Um, and he was our coach, uh, small business coach this afternoon. He is the author of Virus Proof Your Small Business, and we certainly will have them soon. We'll have him back on the show very, very soon.